Hey y'all! I've literally never said y'all before in my life. <laughs> I'm Australian and it's not something we say to. Anyway, hey y'all. Um, I'm Kirsty. Welcome to Reality TV and Me. And this week I'm going to get into Vanderpump to start us off. Um, great episode. Loving Billy Lee. Yes, kicking ass. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't feeling her, which really confuses me because I am all about it. Bring me some bully. Yes. And then I'm going to go into New Jersey. Um, I won't be tackling Atlanta this week, but I go into a little bit about why later. So I'll just leave you with that note so you don't get your hopes up. Um, But yeah, hopefully I will come back to it. I just need a little breather from it for the time being. Any who's or what's it, let's get in some VP. Oh my gosh. I just got finished watching the latest episode of VP and I I can't wait to record. I'm just going to have to get straight into it because finally shit going down. I am so happy. Oh, I love Billy. I've heard a few people just like aren't feeling her, but I'm just like, preach sister. Yes. I love her. I support her. Everything she's saying. I'm on the Billy train. Ooh. I mean, other shit went down this episode, but I like, I just feel like Billy is a shining star. I love her. Yeah. She's being negative, but she has reason to be like, she's fighting for causes that are that are that are worthy she's not just fighting for you know someone called someone a little bit chubby in shorts and she's just like you know trying to call that some kind of uh, plight on feminism or something she's actually fighting for important shit and yes this is what this is what i need it's given me the fire in my belly again so yes billy thank you but um, I guess we will get to that. Um, we start out with the OOTD day day. The <laughs> o- yeah, just because it's outfit of the day day. I'm very confused about the hashtag, but that's okay. Um, I don't mind a little OOTD every now and then, or a makeup of the day on Insta. Um. But apparently it's super basic to do that. So I guess I'm a basic biatch, which, you know, most people wouldn't dispute. So I'm okay with it. Uh, seemingly so is Stassi because she's just like, you know what? This is just a quintessential basic bitch event. But I've got my basic bitch book. I've got my OOTD day. And let's just own it. Uh, yes, why not? And I think um, she's made a lot of progress. She's happier. Now she's got this nice bobo. OOTD day, bobo. And um, yeah, she looked gorgeous. I don't know why Bo was wearing overalls. That was really distressing for me. Um, I felt like it was a little bit too... Try hardy is not the word. Kind of like try hard hipster, I suppose, or like trying to be more like Tom Two in the Moo Moo all the time, like trying to look like you don't care, but you really, really, really care. So yeah, I'm glad that um, Stassi didn't allow him to wear that ridiculous outfit. Um, but yeah, I thought like I actually verbally went oh. When, um, which I think, don't know if I've ever made that sound whilst watching Vanderpump Rules before. So that's probably a good sign for their relationship. Um, yeah, the, when he, when she was talking about Patrick not being, or being cringed out by the whole outfit of the day thing and she would have to take photos in private and stuff. And I mean, he is that kind of guy, right? Like super douchey you know, thinking that it's all just like materialistic and fake. And yeah, it is, but they're like, and, and that, that's who Stasi is like, come on. But it's also about like, that's who this whole world is. That, that's what LA is. But it's also, and I love selfies because it's also about celebrating yourself. 
and that's a positive, you know? How often do we look in the mirror and pick out everything we hate about ourselves? So if you can be happy with what you're wearing and happy with how you look in that day, enough to the point where you can take a photo of yourself and put it on the internet, that's a positive thing. So I was really happy when Stacy was saying that she was getting messages from girls that were, you know, saying stuff like that or um, doing the hashtag and then writing a caption about how, you know, they... They felt, you know, conf- they had never felt confident enough to do that before. But on her special holiday, they decided to jump out of their comfort zone and try it. <laughs> How ridiculous to have a holiday about it. But I love it. I support it. <laughs> um, but I thought it was really sweet that Bo had been so supportive that he built her those little lights, the OOTD lights over her mirror. It actually looks super cute and I want to steal that idea, except I don't have enough nice clothes. <laughs> so it'll just be me in workout gear going nowhere. <laughs> but that could work. Anyway, so I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was cute. We had this strange and very uncomfortable moment at the party um, where one of them was eating a like a a slider or a piece of meat or something. And they did kind of a, um, Angela from 90 day fiance eating that snail and passing it off into Michael's mouth via a kiss, a sloppy kiss. Cause she couldn't swallow the snail. I'm like the worst part's over. It's already in your mouth. Like you just got to finish this quickly and swallow have you heard that before, boys? <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know what was happening there. It was, like, Alicia Silverstone, how she admitted to feeding her children like a baby bird, re-regurgitating the food and spitting it back into their mouths. Yeah, that was a thing that came up a few years back. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. She's, um, you know what? She's a special... She's a special little character, and so is our Stiesi. So maybe that was some of the inspiration behind that mouth-to-mouth bird-like feeding that we um, got to witness this episode. But yeah, that was nasty. That was some nasty-ass shit. Oh, what else? We have that little meeting with... um. We have the brunch that... um. Billy had at Sir and or was hosting it, Sir and and Katie and bloody Kristen show up and and <laughs> and Billy's not happy and she and I'm just glad that she didn't just stew in the corner. She wandered up and she was just straight away like, so this is random. What are you doing here? And they had this little bit of an orky momo between them. Um, and they, I just felt like they reacted strongly very quickly, which I don't know why I'm constantly surprised by because that's kind of the MO, but they just like jumped down her throat right away. Um, yeah. And I'm, and as if Chris didn't know that Billy was working that day, she was obviously there because she'd heard that, you know, the day before or whatever, um, Billy had been saying, that Kristen is the trigger for James, which she definitely is. I mean, jumping ahead, we saw her when the girls did their coyote ugly bloody girl night, girls night in thing, um, to try and replace see you next Tuesday. And it was a great success and blah, 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 according to Lisa. And then Lisa offered them the Tuesday night, which makes me sad, but it won't last. Don't worry. Um, we all, you know, James will be back. It's fine. She just wants to give him a chance to get clean and sober. And I support that. Anyway. Um, and she's jumping around like the studio in the talking head going, I won! As if she just won, like, I don't know. I was going to say the Melbourne Cup. That is so random. <laughs> but it, So for anyone who doesn't know, the Melbourne Cup, we have a holiday in Australia in Melbourne um, for a horse race and the entire nation shuts. It's called that the race that stops the nation and we have a holiday for it. And it's literally just to watch this 
day of horse racing. And when I saw her, that's what it reminded me of. It was like, she was like kind of pretending like she was riding a horse, arms up in the air, screaming, I won, I won. Or like when a little kid wins a soccer game or something and puts their shirt over their head and runs around. It was just really obnoxious and gross. And all I wanted to say was, babe, Kristen, you have like, you have not won. Look at your life. You are a sad, angry, bitter person who's almost 40 years old. And I mean, you are just harboring so much anger and, and like, did you see, I heard, I heard the girls, all the girls were on, um, watch what happens live this week. And they were all like, oh, you know, like Kristen was saying that she thinks she's a a feminist warrior or a, 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 what's the word she used? Um, she did, I don't know. She, she thought a justice warrior, that's what she said. And she was claiming that the way she's fighting for these girls is, you know, is all about having their honor and looking after them and, you know, women, women's rights and them in general. Another one of these kind of false feminism and, um, Andy's just calls it out and he's like, so you think it's about being a feminist warrior, not about, you think it's about justice, not about, you can, he's obviously very dubious. It's not about getting a revenge. And everyone's like, oh, you know, it's probably a bit of both, but I wouldn't say it's 50, 50. It's probably like 20% vengeance, 80%, um, justice. And I was just like, no, it's not. This is, this is a hundred percent. Okay. 90% vengeance, 10% reality TV whore. I'm sorry, but I'm really not sorry because it's the truth. And I think she's just, I mean, yeah, she, they, that, that watch what happens live, um, interview with all of those girls was really quite cringeworthy. They were just so nasty, nasty about Billy, nasty about James, which to me just screams ignorance. Cause if you can't be supportive of an addict who's really struggling, obviously, and you can see, you know, why he's struggling. We, like we got into more of his history with his family, um, basically looking after his entire family, all of this stuff, his mum being an addict. And then we get, and then they're not support. They can't, if they can't support that, if they can't support um, Billy and even try and put themselves in her shoes about why she might have reacted so badly or so intensely to being left out, then all that tells me is they haven't suffered enough. Like they just, they're just, they are the quintessential basic bitches and all they need is a lot more, um, lost in their lives. They need more real pain. I mean, they just haven't, they just haven't suffered. And it, you know, it's, it, it, it shows cause they're ignorant and they're, um, nasty and they seek more pain. They seek to create more pain rather than try and help people. And, um, Lala's like, Lala's probably, I mean, Kristen's the worst of it. Of course, Katie's terrible, but Lala does it like an under the radar way. That's really getting to me. When I first, when we first had her on the scene, it was, I thought that she was a bit more affected than the others and a bit more highly evolved, but I'm starting to realize that that's just an act. And she is, has this whole gangster vibe because she wants to come across as if she's, she's understanding. And it really just comes across, like Billy said last week and in the previous episode, um, the episode that's coming up, sorry. Um, she just, it's a better than vibe. It's not that she's actually understanding of any of these situations. It's that she wants to be recognized as understanding. So she puts on that kind of, mm, yeah, like really adult, like that, that gentle nod and the looking in the eyes and the, the voice that sounds like your mother talking down to you and schooling you, but in like a comforting way. And it is a, it's an act. Speaking of Lala's acting skills. Oh my God. I, 
almost took a photo of my face, but I was wearing a face mask while I was watching because that acting class, when they were doing the orgasm, I felt sick. I literally was cringing. I, I, it was just so uncomfortable for me. Oh, I actually can't even, I was going to try and, you know, recreate a bit of it, but you saw it and I can't like, that just made me so upset. Uh, especially because of knowing Lala's relationship with this man. And, you know, last week I called her basically a prostitute. Um, <laughs> and seeing her essentially come on screen and then hearing Sheena in her desperation and hearing about the fact she hadn't had an orgasm till last year. And I'm like, I don't know that you've ever had an orgasm. You're so tightly wound. Like, I mean, girl, you need to relax. She is desperate for an orgasm. I think it would help, like help drag that fucking stick out of her ass. Oh, girl, she is as tightly wound as the tightest. <laughs> what are those coils? I was going to say, just say a spring, but what are those coils that you have implanted inside your vagine? She's one of those vagina coils and she needs to pull it out. <laughs> oh my God, Sheena. I just, I, I, at the same time, I can't get enough of it and I can't get rid of it. Can't live with them. Can't live without him. Am I right? Yeah, no, she drives me absolutely nuts, but I don't know if I, where I'd be without her. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was, that was tough. So then we have the girls get together, um, to organize this whole girls night in and they don't even consider inviting Billy, which look, it, I, I can understand Katie's point of view. Cause she was just sort of like, Oh, these are the girls that I'm inviting. But the fact that it was, and she'd also had that little tiff with Billy the day before, but the fact that it wasn't even a consideration, that's why Billy was upset because it just wasn't even on her radar. And maybe it is because she's closer with these girls. She's known them longer, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't matter. Like, even if Billy wasn't trans, to be left out is is an awful feeling, you know? It's happened, and especially when it's something that you're reliving from a childhood trauma, which Billy basically said that it was in through, you know, through school and stuff. She wasn't invited to a lot of events and she didn't, certainly wasn't invited, to, allowed to go to girls' events. So that was, maybe she was overreacting, but it was because she was triggered and these girls are the mean girls that would just say, oh, well, you know, we just didn't think about it. Sorry. Like everyone was allowed to come, but that's a horrible feeling. If you're just like not even important enough to be considered, that's how I would have felt about it. And I think that was, I don't think it was intentional, although it could have been because these girls are nasty that way. But even if it wasn't, best case scenario, it still sucked. So then we have the event and we have this um, kind of Coyote Ugly-esque girls dancing on the bar in their little um, kimono thingies. And yeah, it looked popular, but it was quite... Um, I, I mean, it, I don't know. I just, I just, I just want to support James. I just don't like the vibe. Like I find, yeah, James can be nasty, but his heart and his isn't nasty. His intention to, when he does see you next Tuesday is to create a fun atmosphere, make people feel like rock stars for a night. These girls, their intention was like Kristen had said, when she's running around, like, on the Melbourne Cup, her, their intention was to crush James and crush his spirit. His intention was just to succeed within himself. And that's the difference. And that's what really, it feels really icky to me. Like they're just really um, malicious in that way. And I think it's gross. 
So, yeah, I felt like that was, that was, that really kind of dampened it for me. And then we get there and, you know, it's, um, Billy's, Billy's obviously upset because she's seen that she's not been tagged in the photo, I guess, of them organizing the event. I'm not really sure what the photo was that, that they were referring to. I suppose, yeah, it must've been something of all, well, no, she said it was of all the staff. So it must've been, um, yeah, a staff photo that they used as promo or something like that, but she wasn't tagged in it. Um, because she, I guess she thought because she wasn't recognized in their eyes as a girl because she's trans or because she just felt left out either way. It sucked. And maybe it was a mistake, like I said, but it, 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 they just didn't acknowledge her feelings. That's the thing. Like if they had just stopped when, um, when they, when Sheena and, and Ariana went up and had the conversation with Billy, if they had just stopped and rather than being fake ass bitches and going, Oh my God, your body looks amazing. I really love that like boob chain or, you're like, so cute. Like, Oh my God. If anyone did that to me, knowing they know that I was upset with them, I'd just be like, come on, get to the point. And you could see it in Billy's face. That's what she was thinking. She was just like, what do you want? Like, we get to the apology, okay? And she must have been putting that vibe out there because quite quickly they were like, so what's going on? <laughs> oh my God, I hate girls like this. They look just like 30-year-old high school girls. It's just so painful. Anyway, and, you know, like good on Billy. She isn't going to stand by and let this bullshit happen. She's going to call it like she sees it. She's like, you know what? This is what happened. This is why I was, this is why I was upset. And they were just like, oh my God, like it so wasn't in the case. Like you're getting it twisted. But instead of listening to her, acknowledging how she felt and saying, look, I hear that. I'm so sorry you felt that way. I can totally understand why you would feel that way. But just know that we love and support you. And in the future, we'll be more sensitive and we make sure we think about it. You know, think about your feelings a little bit more and include you. And if you don't feel included, please come and talk to us because it's never our intention to make you feel that way. That is all they had to say. And instead they went on the defensive and that will only perpetuate the problem and escalate it. So, yeah, I thought she was in the right when she went and sat down with um, Lisa and said, you know what? If Katie's going to be pulling the fat card every week, I'm going to pull the trans card. I didn't like how she said, um, Katie can just put down the food, but I can't, (laughs) I can't stop being trans. (laughs) Look, I, look, I, obviously I enjoyed it because I'm giggling, but, um, she's right. You know, like Katie cannot constantly be like, oh my God, because she's what? Uh, a couple kilos heavier than the rest of the girls. She's not even slightly chubby. She's a slim girl. Just because she's not um, uh, in the the anorexic Vanderpump Rules skinny tea body shape, like she can come out and be like, "Oh my god, I get fat shamed all the time," and like pull. She can't just be leaning on that as her. Um, oh, how do I feel about this? It's like, that's her excuse for being an asshole. And, and that's not how it works. And, and that's basically what Billy's saying. She's like, look, if she's going to be leaning on that, I have something much bigger and much more relevant to lean on. And, um, I, I mean, yeah, you could see that Lisa was in an awkward predicament because now all of a sudden she's just got rid of James on a Tuesday. Now she's brought these girls in to do that girls night in on a Tuesday. And now someone else has a problem with it. Like you can't please everyone. She's had so many restaurants by now. You would have thought that that would have, uh, she would have learned that by now. Oh, and then we had that, um, going back a little before the conversation that Billy has with Lisa, um, she's like, I'm not calling you transphobic, but she says to Katie, um, it's cis privilege. And I was 
so and again katie was on the defensive before even listening but that's why billy said that because that because she is acting cis privileged but she's also just not listening and that was billy's way in my opinion of getting her viewpoint out how she had felt out because that's the point of privilege is that you are so your your life has lifted you above um understanding so much that you that it serves you to not get into the dirt and and learn it's you can choose whether or not you want to get gritty and you want to get your feet wet and you want to learn about what it's like to have suffered and to have been marginalized and that's what Billy was saying. She was like, you can choose. You can choose to fight me right now. You can choose to fight back. But I have no option. And that, like, that's why I think she was triggered so much. And I really felt sad for her. I really I thought it was fucking shit. I thought they were all shit, the, the girls this episode. They were awful. Except my Billy. I love and support her. So, yeah, then she calls us cis-privileged and, oh, fucking Lala. What and Like, she just showed her ignorance here. Because the whole time, since Billy stepped on the line, stepped on the scene, she's been like, oh, yeah, like, so over-supportive and fake with her love and affections toward Billy. Because, in my opinion, she thinks it makes her look cool to have a trans friend or lifts her profile in the LGBT QI community and that honestly like that's how I I felt as soon as Lala lobbed on to Billy it's like she didn't even get to know her personality she just just she just liked how it fit with her persona of herself this gangster like open-minded sexually free cool girl and that's how I like I've always felt that about her in these last few seasons so when she admitted that, like, she reacted right away. She's like, what? She's called you cis privilege? Oh, my God, that's disgusting. And then she's just like, you know what? I have no idea what it means. But if it came out of Billy's mouth, I hate it. I was like, fucking hell. That's exactly what she's saying cis privilege for. You you are assuming. You, you're assuming it's like a, you can't even get on your phone and Google cis privilege you're exhibiting cis privilege. It really, really annoyed me. And it was just a pure example of ignorance. <sighs> I've been triggered this episode. I didn't, like, I came out of it taking a breath, but I didn't realize just how, <sighs> like, hot under the collar, collar I got. I'm coming out hot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, these bitches. So yeah, I was really disappointed that um, Vanderpump gave gave Katie the chance of being able to do this or gave all the girls the chance of being able to do this every Tuesday. But I guess that's the way it's got to be for a while until James gets his shit together and, and he'll do it. He'll get there, especially because this will give him a kick in the butt. So yeah, um... Oh, finally, that's the one thing I forgot. Um, I was, again, very disappointed in Lala for opening up. It, this is the same thing, same same exact thing. She tried, she thought it would look good for her profile, for the way that she sees herself. She thinks she's this carer. She thinks she's this, like, sort of motherly figure to these broken birds. And she makes a commitment with James to go in the studio he, like you said, he books it out. He pays for it himself. I, I do recordings. It's not cheap. It's actually really expensive. And he had organized the whole thing. And his music is decent. Like, he's, it's good, actually. Like, from what I've heard, I've only heard a couple of songs. It's good quality production. So he's spending a good amount of money on it. And she just decides not to show up and to send Sandoval and a trumpet I'm sorry, but we've all heard Lala's voice. It's a good voice. I think she's a good singer and she has a good style. But she's got a gentle, um, not ethereal, seductive kind of warmth to her voice. That's a very different vibe to a trumpet, a squeaky, 
um, kind of break, cut through trumpet. Trumpet is meant to be in the forefront. Her voice is kind of just meant to be like this like cream on top of the cake. And it does a really, like, it doesn't, it just, it, it's not a comparison. It, it's just not. And also, <laughs> does Tom know how to play the trumpet? I'm just going to leave that as an open-ended question because I confused. I heard on another podcast this week that he started playing in year four. Is that right? Grade four? Or he got up to grade four in trumpet? I don't know. But either way, I'm very confused. So, yeah, I mean, I really felt for James too, because if that was me, I would be in tears. And I actually felt like crying for him. I felt like he was really disappointed and hurt. And, you know, we saw the love that he had for La La last episode and and how much pain the the breakdown of their friendship had was still causing him. And then for her to make a promise and then just have one conversation and be like, Oh, you know what? I was wrong. Bye. It really pissed me off. So that's how I feel about Vanderpump this week. Very, (laughs) very hot. Coming in hot. So yeah, finally, good episode. Um, Can't wait for next week. Uh, What do we have? We have Billy storming in once again, screaming at Lala. You're not better than me, Lala. So I can't wait for that. Loving Billy. Always loving James. Um, And, yeah, I guess we will get into a little bit of Housewives after this little break that you will not know is a break. Okay, so somehow we've already arrived at episode 12 of Real Housewives of New Jersey. How has that even happened? Um, It's going so fast. I'm loving this series. As I've spoken about on numerous occasions. Um, but yeah, this was a great episode. Hang on, I think the dog... <laughs> Sorry, I just had to pause and go collect the dog. He's... So, you know, I'm doing this house sitting. This dog is super old. I'm looking after this new dog, Milo, and he's so cute. But um, very old and has very stiff little legs. So I have to... Picking him up, I'm kind of puffing now because... <laughs> He's small, but he's quite a dense dog. He's got a little bit of junk in his trunk, as we all do as we start to age. And I have to carry him up and down the stairs so he can always be with me um, because he gets nervous on his own. So I've just had to go downstairs quickly and drag him up so that he can be close to me as I record. Poor little thing. He's so cute. Just been out for a little walkies this morning. Anyway, Milo, you might hear him in the background as he licks and yawns and burps and he doesn't tend to bark, but he does kind of faff around a little bit. So if you hear anything rustling, that's just Milo, my little lamb chop. Anyway, so back to Joyzy. Um, yeah, so a fun episode. Um, I was really... Looking forward to recording this week, which is good. Um, what have we got going on? Oh, so we've got the the Teresa's and Frankie's, little Frankie's bodybuilding um, ex- competition. Um, and, yeah, they are both looking insane. We get um, Teresa's delivery of the, of course, teeny tiny bikini. I thought this was a really cute moment with all her daughters around as she unpacks it and she's so excited to see it and the girls are just like, Mum, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> They're like, eee, it's so tiny. Adriana's like, it's going to go up your butt. <laughs> I love that just like kind of ripping at it because that's what you, you know, like that's what you do with family, just like rip on each other and a fun and, you know, I just love how much more relaxed and calm and playful Teresa is she always has been with her kids but it's just so nice to see them grow up and to see that relationship like they're all very very bonded and close and I just it was just a really fun way to start off the episode and I thought it was funny when she's like showing off her muscles and pretending to do the you know the competition poses and stuff and and the girls are like oh 
Itchy Muscly. <laughs> yeah, so that was really, it was just kind of a, a, it didn't like move the the show along too much, but it would just, you know, it was about the relationships and I thought that was really, really heartwarming and sweet. Um, Then we buy the strong necklace and we all know how shit hits the fan with that later. Um, but I guess we'll we'll get deeper into that as we get closer to the end of the show. We have Jennifer and her little daughter, um, Olivia, bringing their husband, bringing her husband lunch at work, seemingly because Jennifer has severe trust issues. Um, one of his staff, I guess, was like, or patience was all up in his grill or something. So I don't know. I mean, we don't know the history there, but didn't I say before, if she doesn't know people that have cheated, I mean, maybe the story is a little closer to home because mm, if you're a, like possessive in that way, if you're jealous, I mean, even if there hasn't been any reason to be in the past that can like push people to it so I don't know if I'd be popping in casually because he sees right through that I don't know if the daughter Olivia is just trying to like show off for the cameras I kind of get that vibe like like an almost Melania vibe but not as cool um like Melania you can see she's just loud and crazy Melania just because that's her personality but with Olivia, it seems a little bit forced. And I think that's, I think that's, a, you know, basically a, just a child in front of a camera thing. I mean, I was exactly the same. I obviously still am trying so hard. Please love me. So, yeah, but then she was kind of being a brat asking for the perfume and all that. And, um, but then she had this full-blown panic when Jennifer says she's going to go be away for a few days when they do the Carbo trip. And that you know, to me was much more real. That emotion was, was supercharged and she was just really, you know, panicking. So, um, I don't know, I guess they're just really not used to being away from each other. They seems like she's really quite codependent and enmeshed with her children, but that's just my opinion. That's kind of how it seems. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they all like, you know, she sleeps in the same bedroom as them and same bed and stuff quite often. They seem just, yeah, super, super enmeshed. So I think it's good that Jennifer's branching out and, you know, hanging out with her girlfriends more and doing the show. And, you know, I think hopefully it'll be good for everyone because Jennifer herself is a super brat. So I think if everyone can learn just to grow up and take care of themselves a little bit more, that would be great for the whole fam bam. Yeah, so we learn a little bit more about Hospital Heroes, Margaret's um, charity or the charity she's she's involved in. I, 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 don't, I don't, can't tell if it's sort of taken off or not, but I love the concept of it. First time I heard about it, I was sort of just like, oh, like this seems... You know, like like you could be putting your efforts into something a little bit more um, useful, but actually, now that I now, now that I think about it a bit more, like I've been in hospital, I was an, an adult, like a, in my early twenties, but it does suck, and like even little things, like I would see the nurses that have, you know, most people will just have like com- like really boring like white or black hospital shoes, but sometimes they would have like a funky like little medical pattern on their shoes or um a nice like a medical themed head head scarf or something rather than just like the obligatory blue and it's like so it seems so silly to say but little things like that really do make like brighten brighten your day a little bit brighten the moment and so if the kids can like pretend to be a superhero in their little costumes or I don't know a fairy or whatever she's working on it could just be that little lift you know to make them feel like more of a superhero to make them feel more powerful to make them feel more 
in charge of their own healing. Because that's one thing that you lose is like, in my experience anyway, you sort of, if you're in this, the medical system, you sort of get pushed around and told where to go and what to do. And, you know, this is going to help you heal or like, um, have this surgery, have this, you know, chemo, have this medic medical treatment and, and you kind of don't get to make any decisions. So even though it's such a small thing, I think that, I mean, I hope that it will, it will really help lift these little kids spirits. And I, and I think that's Margaret's intention and it's, you know, can't, that can't be a bad thing. That's only coming from, from, from love, from pure, from pure heart. And why not, you know? Um, so good on Marge, the Marge. I love when she calls herself the Marge and talks in the third person. (laughs) I think it's really cute. Um, I love the relationship, like building between Teresa and Frank, um, Frank Sonia. I think that it's just a really genuine, platonic, kind relationship of of mutual support and friendship. Um, you know, that I mentioned last week, I am sexually attracted to Frank Senior in a very strange way. But you know what? For any um, Love After Lockup fans out there, I did regretfully admit on social media this week um, on one of the pa- one of the one of the pages I follow for one of the podcasts, I can't remember which one it is. Uh, Might have been ninety day, f- uh, the not ninety day fiance cray cray, but the reality cray cray. I think it's called on Insta. <laughs> I regretfully admitted that I find who's the toothless guy? Is it Matt? The one without? <laughs> it's not full toothless, <laughs> but he has that tooth hole in the bottom of his um, bottom row of teeth. I do find him to be sexually attractive also. So you know what? Frank can't be getting too much of a big head of that because I obviously need some work in the taste department. (laughs) Once I posted that, because I put a photo of Matt from Love After Lockup up up there. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a show about um, you need to get on it because if you're listening to this, you will love it. It's a show about prisoners that fall in love with people on the outside world via letters and phone calls and stuff like that. And then it follows their relationship as soon as the person gets out of jail. So like the first time meeting and all that. And oh, it's just phenomenal. Get on board. I think they're in season two at the moment or am I thinking? Yeah, I think it might be season two. Just started so you can catch up. Um, It's amazing. Anyway, so she posted a photo of this guy Matt's face and you know like funny caption or something and I I was just like you know what I kind of think he's hot and I cannot tell you the clap back I got for that everyone's just like I said like is it weird that I think he's hot and everyone's like yes this is so wrong like what is wrong with you and all this shit I'm like oh my god he's not that bad he's tall and he's got like a shaved head he looks like you know an ex-meth head slash current user but he's like you know kind of in like a hot way (laughs) he's like meth chic (laughs) and he's just missing this one tooth and everyone is like girl bye anyway so yeah perhaps um I don't know Frankie Jr's looking looking fine he ain't so junior no more he's he is fit as a fiddle. <laughs> fit as a fiddle. <laughs> um, but that tan, I don't know. I think it, it was a bit much. I know they always over tan for these kind of competitions and they do it on purpose so that everyone looks, you know, like Frank, um, Frank was saying, everyone looks super muscular, muscular. It brings out the tone of the muscles and stuff. So I get it. The, t- the deeper the tan, the deeper the cut. But, um, yeah, I mean, in the real world, it it's gotta it doesn't fly. It's gotta be. You, I mean, you'd hope that you jump in the shower and start scrubbing some of that tan off straight after. <laughs> I thought that was a cute scene too when they're all in the, um, the tanning salon, all getting done, and Dolores is there supporting her son and Teresa, and you know it's kind of been like this kind of family affair um, with Frank training them as well, and. Frankie Jr. super nervous and it was just like, I don't know, it was kind of cute. I thought they were all like very supportive of each other. I don't really like that industry too much. Um, 
because I, I just, I think it, you know, promotes body dysmorphia and, you know, unhealthy um, eating patterns and workout habits. But um, I, I do like the discipline training and I like the, the, the support that they've kind of cultivated between trainer and um, competitor and, you know, the, the relationship between the two Franks, you know, as father and son. I don't know. I really like all of that. And I think it's, I think, in this situation, it's been really good for Teresa to sort of um, have, ha- again, like similar to the hospital kids, like claim something of her own and like, you know, this is just, this is something that she can sort of put toward her own recovery of getting out of prison and feeling strong and healthy and also something for her to concentrate on because that's just her. Um, the working out rather than, you know, the four, the four girls and her husband being in prison and all of this other stress that she has going on. I think, you know, that's her sort of her in the gym. That's her time. She has something to, to push toward, to work toward. And yeah, that was, I thought it was good. I think it's good for her. I mean, we've obviously seen such a huge change in her since, since um, prison and, and studying yoga and now doing this. So yeah, good on her. I'm liking this, this, she's turned the corner, you know, never thought I would ever like her. So I'm, I think it's awesome. Um, then we have this strain, we're back to this strange ass storyline between Melissa and the psychic telling her that she potentially has another sister. Well, the psychic telling her she has another sister, very, very weird stuff. But we finally sit down with Melissa's mum and she broaches the the concept with her for the first time. Her mum's basically just like, well, she's rocked up pissed <laughs> to the dinner because she was obviously having like a, I know, a little bit of an afternoon tipple with the other two daughters, and she rocks up tipsy, which is so funny. Um, so they she's they're just all like giggling girls all together at this dinner, just like Ooh-hoo-hoo. so to already broach the idea of an illegitimate daughter is is probably a strange time to do it when your mum's wasted but I don't know the mum just sort of seemed like um very skeptical she was sort of just like okay Melissa like if you say so if you've got another daughter that's cool whatever and and then she just kind of I don't know maybe it was the um the alcohol like she just switched and she's like oh you know if you have another daughter fine whatever bring her in what do I care it's not her fault but that fucking whore I'll kill her <laughs> talking about the the woman that cheated would theoretically have to have cheated in order for them to have another you know sibling in the family so oh all very strange I don't know this whole storyline is a little bit it's just a, it's a little bit too much for me. It's like that episode, it's kind of jumped the shark. That's how I feel about this. Or it's like that episode of Kardashians where this is so long ago. I haven't watched it in so many years, like probably 10. <laughs> but anytime I think of like, all right, the Kardashians or being like, you know, something like that, jumping the shark in happy days, it's sort of just like, um, I just think of that episode where, um, what's her name? I think the mum is like wants another child or something. Um, Chris Kardashian is like, has this weird moment of just wanting more babies, um, to add to her 67 children collection. And instead of getting a baby, she gets like a monkey for the day. Like a, like a, one of those little monkeys that, I don't know, Michael Jackson used to have that you can carry around and stuff. I was like, this is so choreographed, this whole scene. And it was just really bizarre. And that's kind of when I stopped watching. Cause I was like, what the fuck am I even doing here? This is like, this is not why I watch reality TV. I know, I know that all of it is like not scripted, but pre-planned and everything. Like I'm not an idiot, but I don't want it to be obvious, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't, I want to be, I want to just feel like a fly on the wall. I don't want to feel like I'm watching a scripted TV show. So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about this Melissa storyline. 
So, um, then we head off to Cabo, Mexico. Oh, side note, I'm going to Mexico for the first time in my life this year, which is very exciting. My friend's getting married there, so I'll be going to, I think we fly into Cancun, and then it's a little bit, um, like, of a drive from there, which is very exciting. I think that's, yeah, in a few months, so it'll be nice and warm. Anyway, so they all, you know, get assigned their rooms by Teresa. She's actually done, for the first time ever in Real Housewives history, she's been very kind with the rooms. So she's kind of avoided any serious confrontation by with her choices. Um, not putting Jennifer and Margaret together. And she's, you know, rooming with Danielle so that she can um, <laughs> deal with whatever... Danielisms are brought to the surface, which of course there shall be plenty. I'm very excited about. But dinner isn't um isn't a Danielle you know problem to to surface. It's actually between Margaret and Jennifer again. Surprise, surprise. Oh, I like I cannot stand this Jennifer bitch, and I love Margaret, so I'm a hundred percent Margaret can do no wrong. And we get to see that scene that we saw last week, um, in the preview about the lip liner and like that, your lip liner looks like a monkey's butt, <laughs> and just like cracking the shits. And Jennifer's like, "Yeah, a butt you probably sucked." It's just so extreme. So we, I mean, we're just, we're dealing with drunk Jennifer. So there's really no, no good can come once Jennifer's had a couple too many cocktails. And that's the place we're at. It's a beautiful thing. Look, I think Jennifer, drunk Jennifer is, is a true gift to this show. But Margaret doesn't drink. So she's like totally clear-headed but she's pissed so I mean it's a decent argument but it is all just very strange all over this bloody necklace I don't know so they got this strong necklace from for um Teresa to celebrate you know not just the strength of competing in the competition but also you know the strength that she's had to the resilience she's had to build um in since her husband's been in prison or away and, you know, looking after the four girls, which is, you know, very stressful, especially at the ages that they are sort of like moving into teenage hood. <laughs> and so they get this lovely necklace. I mean, look, it's fine. It was expensive is what it is. $2,000 worth of necklace. And Jennifer, even though she contributed, I guess she somehow thought, she was spending all that money on costume jewellery somehow. And she's like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be real. You should have gone to my, my brother's jeweller jewellery store. And they're all just like, oh, well, you know, we suggested, like, we just, we mentioned it to you. So, and it's not like she, you know, if you want somebody to go to your brother's jewellery store, suggest it when they ask you to, if you want to contribute to buying jewellery, perhaps. Like, what the fuck? And so there was this just argument over really nothing and I think that everyone could see how ridiculous Jennifer was being but they're all just like oh sorry like it honestly was just like they just didn't think of it because it wasn't suggested to them so they went I don't know somewhere they knew and she's just absolutely cracking the motherfucking shits so rude tells tells um Teresa that oh well it's ugly anyway I think it's ugly like my brother could have done better it's like fucking hell like first of all you've paid for a quarter of this necklace and second of all you're not just offending everyone who's chipped in for it but you're also offending Teresa who's earned that because she's worked so hard for it and her friends care about her so I thought that was just like a pretty dirty thing to do so you know what I believe that it was justified calling her lip liner a monkey's asshole (laughs) (laughs) and then before storming off and being chased after by Danielle who's just grabbing to this life float of anybody that can sort of be her friend at the table um she screams 
Well, this monkey's asshole's got to be refreshed. So she runs off in a fit of rage to have a bit of a cry. And for some reason, Teresa follows. Not really sure what that was about. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd be pissed off. I'd be like, well, you didn't, you don't even like the fucking necklace. You didn't support me, which I mean, the necklace thing doesn't matter whether or not you like it. You've contributed to it as a show of support so for you to turn around and say it's ugly and to storm off of the table and to make it about her when it should have been a moment like Teresa's moment was stolen from her and that's really like that would have pissed me off if I was Teresa so I don't know I thought that was weird that she came up and supported her and stuff but what do I know sorry yeah that that was essentially it good ep I liked the the slice of drama. Um, yeah, I can't. I'm trying to remember what the what the preview showed for next week, but it's not coming to me. Oh, just a note. I didn't do um, Atlanta last week, and I'm not going to do it again this week because personally, I need a little bit of a break from it. I'm struggling with the, I love Porsche's pregnancy. I'm love, loving following that. Um, I'm enjoying the cast and I think they're all happy and, and it's, and it's fun, but I'm not, um, I'm struggling with the whole cancer storyline just cause it's a little bit close to home for me at the moment. So I'm, that's, that's just my explanation for why I'm just doing Jersey and Vanderpump for now, I might come back to um, Atlanta in a few weeks and I just have a little bit of a breather. But yeah, that's personally um, what happened last week and, and it will happen again this week. So we'll see in the future, but I'll keep you posted. Uh, finally, if you haven't checked it out, you must get online and or get on the Instas and all the socials and check out Andy Cohen's I was going to say bachelorette party, <laughs> um, baby shower. It is like all the craziest housewives in one place. Lisa Rinna on fucking is going nuts on the socials, screaming at everyone to get up and dance for Andy's baby now. Oh my God. She's amazing. I love Rinna so much. Everyone's just on the tables dancing. It's all these bitches trying to outdo each other. And uh, there's Kyle doing the splits. Haven't seen any footage of her signature hair twirl yet, but hopefully that's still to come up. Uh, Jerry O'Connell and his wife were there. Phaedra's there. Uh, Nini, Teresa, G- G- Jennifer's there. It's like Sonia. Sonia looks fucking shit-faced. It's amazing. Ramona. All the girls are there. No LVP. Uh, and no countess. Um, I didn't see Portia. I saw her commenting on things and it sounded like maybe she was there. But even if she wasn't, we can forgive her because she's very pregnant. Uh, it just looked like the party to end all parties. I would have like sold my left kidney to be at that party. Uh, it just looked like fucking phenoms. And he looks so happy. He's laughing. He's dancing. Um, Jerry, check out Jerry O'Connell's socials as well. He's commenting about it being the best part, the party to end all parties, like best party ever. So I'm going to be, I've only had a quick like skim through this morning and seen some of the videos. So I'm going to have to watch them about 80 more times each to make sure I get every little inch of that party I can absorb. Someone commented that that this is my Super Bowl. I'm like, fuck yes. If we could have... And Andy Cohen slash all the housewives party every year that I can enjoy through the socials. <gasps> I literally would throw like a full on bash and put it up on my TV and rewatch it. Even if it's just me alone with like chips and salsa for a whole day, I would be fucking watching that shit. Have a gin and tonic. Oh my God. It would be amazing. <sighs> Anyway, so get on and do that. It, and while you're there, little segue for you, getting better. Um, jump on my social. On Insta, it's at Kirsten Moore underscore music. And 
Kirsten is K-I-R-S-T-E-N and Moore is M-O-O-R-E underscore music. And on Facebook, I it's just my music page, but you can still connect to everything from there. Um, and I post the I post links on both Insta and on Facebook to the new podcast every week, so it's a good way to find it. Or just subscribe on on iTunes. You can do that too. Five stars and please review if you like the show. If not. Just don't say anything. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. <laughs> but you can always just five-star like it anyway. Sorry, so the Facebook is Facebook. I think it's facebook.com slash Kirsty with a Y, Kirsty More Music. So Kirsty, K-I-R-S-T-Y, More Music. And that's me for the day. Thank you so much for listening yet again and sticking with me every week. I'm still kind of getting used to hearing my own voice. Um, especially listening to it back. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a Valley girl. I'm like an Australian Valley girl. <laughs> I wonder who would play me in, in my biopic of my life. <laughs> All right. I will catch you next week when I, when the new apps are out. I'm can't wait for that next bloody Vanderpump rules. <laughs> All right, loveys. Bye.